The shows you love with even more local, local news, news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show on this fine Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas with you, your personal Concierge for conversation as we tackle the many subjects of the day that affect you and me right here in the Central Valley of California. So much appreciate you being uh, in our listening family. Uh, And it is wonderful to meet so many of you off and on out in the community and uh, as we're able to connect. In fact, this uh, this morning, I had a wonderful conversation uh, with uh, a listener out in Mariposa County. And uh, this couple are, are retired, and we were talking a lot about a lot of different uh, subjects. But what I thought was just admirable, this retired couple out in, again, in, in Mariposa County, they, uh, they have some acreage, obviously, and uh, have a, a little ranch there. They grow their own vegetables. They grow their own fruit. Uh, they are primarily on solar power, from what I understand, and basically they are self-sufficient. That is admirable, and not everybody can do that, understand that, but I, this is just uh, very interesting to hear the eclectic uh, array of listeners that we have, and it's always a joy to uh, meet some of you personally out in the community and get to talk to you as, uh, as we can. So let's get started. The coffee is hot. The coffee, as long as the coffee lasts, the show lasts. That's the rule here on the Mike Douglas Show. All right, let's take a look at what's going on. Uh, first of all, let's check in on what's happening with gas. Mm-hmm. Gas prices hit a record high for the ninth day in a row. Ninth day. Well, why do you do that, Mike? Because we have a primary election coming up on June 7. We have the midterms coming up on November 8. And it's important that we keep these things in mind because they all all those dots begin to connect as we cast our votes. It all goes into the mix as we start looking at uh, the various issues, connecting the dots, who's responsible, whose policies are responsible for creating the situations that we're in. That's why we do this. Uh, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, or out of ear, I guess, in terms of radio, out of ear, out of mind. And so these are important to talk about, and we revisit these um, quite frequently. So, yes, gas prices higher than ever for a ninth day in a row. Uh, AAA reports the national average price for regular is up another two cents to four fifty-eight a gallon. Kansas, by the way, and I know we're not in Kansas anymore, but if we were, it has the lowest statewide average at 404 a gallon. And uh, here in, in California, we just keep getting worse. The statewide average here in the Golden State is now up to 606 a gallon. 606 a gallon. I believe the highest right now is in Mono County, 705. I had a friend ask me the other day, do you think it's actually going to get up to 10 cents a gallon? Yes. I do, un- unless there's a, a miracle in Washington, D.C. and or California, I do anticipate $10 again. How, how long we'll tolerate this, I don't know, but I think June 7 may give us an indication. 
Uh, by the way, locally within uh, the sound of my voice here, the lowest price average, it looks like Tuolumne County. Those of you in Tuolumne County, 5.85. Stanislaus County, about uh, one cent higher, uh, 5.86. So that's the gas tax picture for Thursday. Uh, are you not driving as much anymore? I'm not. I, I'm really, I mean, there's some things I have to do. I, go preach. I've got to climb in the car and go do it. If I'm doing a, a funeral, normally the families at a funeral or a graveside like you to be there in person. And so got to go do that no matter where it is. But I find I'm, uh, unless it's absolutely necessary, I'm limiting, uh, limiting my trips. How about you? 209-551-3483. Are you cutting back? On the one hand, people may say, well, that's a good thing. Not wasting gas, you're not wasting trips. Well, that's one side of the coin. What's the other side of the coin? What is the other side of the coin? The other side of the coin, actually, it's one, it's a multifaceted coin, but another side of that argument is if we're not out driving to retail outlets, to uh, driving to stores, if we're not doing business with uh, service-type-oriented businesses, the economy begins to tank. Because the employers that rely on customers, if they're seeing less customers, then they're going to have less employees, basically, at some point. So you see, it, it all there, there's a trickle-down effect, even though those on, on the left would deny that. There is a trickle-down effect. And so, in many ways for the economy, it is not good to have these high prices and for people to be limiting their trips. This is the United States of America, for goodness sakes. The U.S. of A., where we work to have the freedom to drive where we want to drive when we want to drive there. Well, now the government, both in California and in Washington, D.C., is putting the kibosh on that. They're they're, they're containing us and controlling us with public policy, and that's not good. Again, <clears throat> elections coming up on uh, June 7. By the way, on June 7, we'll have extended election coverage for you. On June 7, we'll have our uh, our normal show here from 3 to 5 p.m. on the Mike Douglas Show. And uh, then we're planning to have a extended election coverage from 7 to 9 p.m. And uh, looking forward to that. We're going to bring some experts in, and uh, it's just going to be a, a great time together. So plan on that election night, June 7. All right, what else is uh, what else is going on? Well, in Washington D.C., there was a testimony given before the House Judiciary Committee on abortion rights today, and Amy Arambide, A R R A M B I D E, Amy Arambide, she's the executive director of abortion rights nonprofit called Avow Texas. She was testifying, and she was asked by Congressman Dan Bishop from North Carolina to define what a woman is. And she said, well, I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. So that's how the conversation started. (laughs) Then there was this exchange between Congressman Bishop and Amy Arambide. Um, What do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Okay. Um, do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant? 
and have abortions? Yes. Yes. You, you see, my friends, <laughs> this is why we need to be active. This is why we can no longer be passive. And I'm not saying we have to be radical, but we have to be paying attention. We have to have what we call, in, uh, especially those of us who are trained with weapons, situational awareness. Situational awareness. We need to be watching what's going on. And that that's one of the reasons we have the Mike Douglas here, uh, show here. That, that's the reason we have that is so that we can start to connect the dots. Connect a couple of dots right now with me. Who, who is she representing? What what party? She's rep, the Democrats put her up there today to be uh, interviewed by the House Judiciary Committee on Abortion, and so she's representing a lot of Democrats, and she's rep- representing apparently the nonprofit abortion rights folks. And she believes, according to her testimony, that men can become pregnant and have abortions. Now, many years ago, we might have laughed at that. Now people are testifying before Congress that that's true. So let's, how about, let's let's give her a position in government. Wouldn't that be wonderful? No, it wouldn't be wonderful. And we need to stand and state what's true. We don't have to be in your face about it, but we do need to stand for what's true and not budge. No, I'm sorry, men don't get pregnant. And because men don't get pregnant, men can't have an abortion. That's what's true. And you see a lot of what we're hearing today and and look at where it's coming from. Again, I'm asking you to connect the dots and then you make your decisions on June 7 and November 8. Connect the dots. Who is she representing? What party is she representing? And then connect those dots and cast your votes accordingly. That's why we keep that's why we keep this in front of you. It's just, it's absolutely important. And I'm doing my best to bring these issues to you on a consistent basis. By the way, and we'll talk about this in just a few moments, uh, maybe in a little more detail. Elon Musk, he tweeted yesterday, in the past I voted Democrat because they were mostly the kindness party. But they have become a party of division and hate so I can no longer support them and will vote Republican. Now watch their dirty tricks campaign against me unfold. Well, let's uh, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into all of that because he also has some comments to make about how how difficult it is to do business in California. I'll give you some more dots to connect in three minutes. Coming up here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We're talking about Elon Musk, and uh, he, and this is a, a story uh, two days ago on the, on the 17th uh, from a uh, online a site called thestreet.com, thestreet.com. It's a digital financial uh, media company. And Elon Musk was being interviewed 
about California's one-party state and how it's very hard to do business here. And although he has founded most of his companies here in California, Elon Musk, he's, he's become very critical of our state as a place to successfully run a business. So he was at a uh, conference, or at least he was doing a virtual appearance at a conference called the All In Conference. Uh, And uh, he said this, California used to be the land of opportunity. However, it's turned into the land of taxes, overregulation, and litigation. And this is not a good situation. Go on. He went on to say that uh, alternatively, <coughs> he has opened a Giga factory near Austin, Texas. The building apparently is three times the size of the Pentagon, and he got it done in eighteen months. Well, I'll tell you, around here, you you can barely get a permit to start breaking down and uh, breaking ground in eighteen months. Good, agree. he says. If you had a gun to uh, Governor Gavin Newsom's head and said, we need to start building this factory right now, he couldn't do it, said Elon Musk. There are so many regulatory agencies and so many litigators in California that want to stop you from doing anything that even if you're the governor of the state, you cannot get it done. Well, why is this? Well, Elon Musk said it's a one-party state. And uh, it'll never be responsive except to the people that funded them. So the legislature is saying, we'll never be responsive except to the people who fund them. Ultimately, the people of California have to get fed up and demand change. Are you there? 209-551-3483. Are you fed up? And is it time to demand change on June 7? 209-551-3483. Elon Musk thinks so. He says there's got to be an above 0% chance of the Republicans winning in California. All right, well, that said, and, and I think those are astute observations. Even as a nonprofit CEO, I feel the pinch. And I, we have to be very careful. A lot of contributor dollars often has to be spent on things that, like, you have to have, that the government demands you have. Uh, workers' comp insurance, and the, the list is, is long, unfortunately. So it's very costly even for nonprofits to do business here in California. And, uh, and let me go down a rabbit trail here for you very quickly. Uh, I was talking to someone else the other day that uh, had a nonprofit, and and they take uh, they take federal grants, state grants, and they are a faith based company, uh, nonprofit. And I said, well, how do you handle that? Well, we, you know, we just apply for the grant and and we do what what we do. Well, let let me give you another side of that. I believe as nonprofit ministries. We need to operate with integrity. So if the state grants and the federal grants, if the rules are you're not allowed to ask people if you can pray for them, you're not allowed to have any religious material within 50 feet or so of the people who are are meeting you, then we have to abide by that. 
And I know there are a lot of nonprofits that fudge on that. And to me, that's a lack of integrity. And that's why at Advancing Vibrant Communities, we basically don't take government grants. The slightly different with the Area Agency on Aging. Uh, There are no strings attached there, and often uh, they are able to help out with a few hundred dollars if we're building a ramp or installing uh, some safety bars, that sort of thing. But in general, I don't take state or federal grants because I want our volunteers to be free to share their faith or not. Whatever they feel led to do, that's up to them. But I want them to have the freedom. And for, for me, it's a matter of integrity. If I take money and I, in, for, I take it, if it, the, our nonprofit takes it and then violates the terms of the grant, what does that say about faith-based institutions? What does that say about me as a president or as a CEO or as a pastor? Get, we have to walk our talk. And I believe that is that is absolutely important. So we've passed up a lot of available grants, and we've participated in, in state and federal programs, but haven't taken any money for it. We've funded what we do from uh, donations of people like you. We, we don't take the government money, especially when it has uh, strings attached. And the other part of that is just logistical. We have a very small overhead we have two uh, full-timers and a part-time uh, employee. We do a tremendous amount of work with, with a very small staff. But the point there being that in that process, uh, we, we are absolutely dedicated to walking our talk, to practicing what we preach, so to speak. And so we, we, we will fund things ourselves and keep it going. Anyway, <clears throat> thank you for allowing me to go off on that rabbit trail uh, just for a couple of minutes. I, I think it's important that we have integrity. And that's what bothers me a lot about politics today on both sides of the aisle, on the spin that happens on both sides of the aisle. And I'm, I'm not just focusing on Democrats or one of the other parties. Uh, I'm not focusing only on Republicans either. I'm just saying in general, I find it absolutely discouraging that, uh, that politicians on both sides of the aisle are willing to spin and spin half-truths in order to get bills through, in order to get elected. And that's why we do what we do here. We want to make sure we get as much information to you as possible so that you can make uh, incredibly intelligent and um, decisions that will affect the future in a very positive way. Speaking of uh, very positive things, I always like to take a break at some point during the week and thank the Mike Douglas team here, the Mike Douglas Show team. Without them, wouldn't be able to do what we do for you and with you. So uh, many thanks to the Jedi Master of all producers, Mike Murray. He's incredible, and uh, again, I learn from him practically every day. He keeps me sharp, keeps me honed. And uh, appreciate uh, appreciate his support. And then our assistant producer, call screener, and the director of operations for Advancing Vibrant Communities, 
Brenda Lapomi. If you call uh, early in the week, you'll probably be talking to Brenda as uh, she wears the producer's hat, usually uh, um, on Monday and Tuesday. So to uh, Mike Murray and Brenda Lapomi, thank you for your support and helping make the Mike Douglas Show uh, the success that it is. And thank you as our listening audience. You are awesome. I think, and I I listen to snippets of other shows, I think really that you comprise one of the most intelligent and rational and reasonable and, and respectful audiences that there are in radio. And so thank you for your participation. We, uh, we appreciate that, uh, that very much. So coming up uh, in five minutes, monkeypox. Have you heard about monkeypox? I thought, well, we're finally done with COVID-19. Monkeypox apparently has arrived in the United States of America. We'll talk about that briefly coming up in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. News, weather, traffic coming up. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this beautiful Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here as your concierge for conversation. And our conversation in a moment, we're going to be talking about California's plan to give you and me, well, at least some people, a rebate. And we'll talk about the competing plans. Apparently, Governor Newsom and his fellow Democrats in the legislature, California legislature, are, are, are not on the same page of music when it comes to the gas tax rebate. But we'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Just, just keep this on your radar screen. Monkeypox. Have you been following this? Yep. New monkeypox cases may lead to the biggest outbreak outside Africa, but they don't think it's going to lead to a global pandemic. So the current outbreak apparently is small. Scientists are continuing to gather data. Uh, But the CDC has confirmed at least one case of monkeypox. My understanding is it's a cousin, so to speak, uh, related to smallpox. Uh, There's one case in the U.S. Danielle Bausch is an infectious disease expert, president of the American Society of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene. He says, I'm sure that ultimately this will be the largest outbreak of monkeypox we've had outside of the endemic areas in Africa. Uh, But they don't think it's going to be a massive pandemic like COVID. That's good. Apparently, there are two types of monkeypox, West African type with a fatality rate of around 1%, and the Congo Basin Central African type of monkeypox with a fatality rate of around 10%. Uh, 10%, that gets a little worrisome. So uh, apparently, the current strain they're looking at appears to be the milder West African type. And uh, you have to watch, apparently, for uh, flu-like symptoms and swollen uh, lymph nodes. And then you can have blistering rash. 
can be transmitted by droplets, by contact with infected skin lesions or contaminated materials. I'm glad you've all had lunch already. Uh, transmission can come from animals or human to human, generally, though, documented uh, among very close contacts. Children are at higher risk, they say, and monkeypox can also cause pregnancy complications or stillbirth per the World Health Organization. World Health Organization, I'm not going to delve into that today, but that should ring big danger signals in uh, in our minds when we hear about the World Health Organization. They are, they are looking to be way too powerful, and the Biden administration is being way too cooperative, in my opinion. All right, let's talk about something closer to home. <clears throat> no monkeypox involved. Maybe monkey shines, uh, but no monkey pox. The, the rebates that they're considering up in Sacramento uh, to give you and me, well, there's two different ideas on how the state could use the huge surplus it has to help people in California. But there's been a lot of back and forth. And even with inflation, you know, it's in a 40-year high. And we talked about gas prices what, for the ninth day rising? So the deal is uh, Governor Newsom and Senate Pro Tem Tony Atkins have different ideas on how to, how to give some of that money back to us. Here's Governor Newsom's plan. Uh, <clears throat> by the way, what, what's your plan? What would you like, how would you like your rebate to come? How much... And how would what form of rebate would you like? 209-551-3483. If Governor Newsom or the California legislature would listen to you, what kind of rebate would you like? Well, here's Governor Newsom's idea. Eleven point five billion with a B plan. Eleven point five billion. Four hundred dollars for registered vehicle owners. And there's a cap of two payouts per person. So if you own two cars, uh, you'd get $800. If you have four cars registered, you still only get $800. You can get $400 per vehicle. And the plan is you would get it in the form of a debit card through the DMV. Oh, boy. I can't wait for that one. Can't wait for the DMV to be the source for my debit card. And the, his plan would restrict rebates based on a yet-to-be-determined vehicle value, ostensibly in order to con- concentrate the cash to those who need it most. Well, now, wait a minute. We're all paying into this. Why don't we all get a fair share back? What? Why don't we all get a fair share back? If, if, we're, if those of us who are paying into it, don't, don't you think that no matter what we make, that, that we ought to get some of that back? The state giveth and the state taketh away. Well, I guess that's reverse. The state taketh away and maybe the state giveth back. All right, so what about the uh, assembly? Uh, well, they have an $8 billion Better for Families plan here in California, uh, backed by uh, Tony Atkins and Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon. And they're saying $200 in checks plus $200 per dependent 
but you have the qualifications are you have to make $125,000 alone or $250,000 as joint filers. And this would be distributed as a tax rebate. And although some uh, Senate Democrats are open to the idea of using debit cards via a third-party vendor. And uh, includes supplemental one-time monthly grants for CalWORKs families and a grant program for other low-income Californians who, uh, who qualify. So there we go. That's, uh, that's their plan. You think that's a just plan? You agree with Governor Newsom, $400 per vehicle, up to two vehicles, or do you prefer the legislature's plan, or do you prefer neither of their plans and <clears throat> have another idea of how we ought to get that money back? Our number here, 209 551 3483. 209 551 3483. Let's see. DMV. Oh, here, here's an interesting note on this. The uh, <clears throat> legislative uh, an, an analyses says, or the analysts, the analysts from the uh, LAO say that. Uh, They weighed the pros and cons of both the legislative and gubernatorial plans. They noted if speed is the goal, the DMV may not be the best choice. Now, there's uh, there's a statement. If (laughs) if speed is the goal, DMV may not be the best choice. Well, what do you think? Here we go. 209-551-3483-209. Five five one three four eight three, and we're going to come to the phones in a moment. Here's the question to you: What do you think about the governor's plan? And uh, what do you think about, or what do you think about the uh, legislators' plan? Or do you have your own plan? What do you think would work best? Two zero nine five five one three four eight three two zero nine five five one. Three four eight three. Uh, let's go first to Nick and Modesto. Nick, what what's your thought? What's your suggestion? Well, I I would prefer maybe a, another option to um, what was suggested. And since I use a credit card to pay for my gas uh, for all my vehicles, I would uh, I would prefer to have the option of deducting a hundred percent of the cost of fuel that I use for all my vehicles and have that uh, uh, adjusted or deducted off my personal income taxes. That way, the people who commute, uh, you know, I'm here in Modesto, but you have people who commute to the Bay Area and they're really getting hosed. $400 is not going to do it for them per car for two per, per family. So if we... You know, for those of us who use our credit cards, just let us write 100% of our expenses off our personal income taxes. And if you're spending five or $6,000 uh, this year, then you should be able to, to, to take that off your taxes. Yeah, Nick, I, I like that idea. I think uh, that, that, that has an element of fairness to it that neither of the other plans have. Uh, I like that uh, like that thought a lot. Uh, so, all right, Nick, thanks for the call. Nick from Modesto saying, hey, let's uh, let's be able to 
to write off or, or take a, a deduction off our income taxes for uh, the expense that that we have to uh, pay out uh, on the front end uh, to commute. That, and, and he mentioned those of you who are long-distance commuters, those of you who commute to the Bay Area, for, existence, uh, for example, or maybe to Livermore, uh, whatever it might be, huge, huge costs now. I like that. There's Nick's thought. Let's get some more thoughts at 209-551-3483. And Terry from Escalon, what are your thoughts? What's your suggestion? Well, my suggestion is that it, my suggestion would affect everybody, just not uh, low-income people or upper-income people, but it also affect businesses, and it would actually hopefully drive costs down. And I'm thinking of just getting rid of the fuel tax, the state fuel tax altogether. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I, I don't think anyone in the legislature, legislature nor the governor would like it. And, and even uh, the attempts to freeze it for a couple of months, they're resisting that. And Correct. so, of course, Terry, we think about that a little bit. Why do you think they don't want to freeze it? Well, because then their income is going to stop. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, there we have uh, there we have the problem. There we have the problem. And Terry, I, I like your thought. Like it a lot. All right. If that's where they got all their surplus from, they can actually just give it back that way. You know, that way everyone's affected, just not uh, people. Because it sounds like what they're talking about is not going to affect the businesses. It's just going to affect uh, individual car owners. Terry, and that is an excellent observation, and it's something I think we're overlooking. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. What about businesses that, that have fleets? What about those that reimburse the, the people who drive for what they're doing, uh, especially you know, ranchers and uh, trucking companies, delivery companies, uh, et cetera? Yeah, the businesses themselves are taking a hit. And I, I don't know that this would uh, apply to them. Terry, great, great thoughts, great observations. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Uh, appreciate that very much. All right, Terry from Escalon. Nick and Terry. Nick from Modesto, Terry from Escalon. Got some uh, good thoughts there. I'm afraid that what's going to happen is for a large percentage of, of Californians, that what they're going to find is the message is going to be, sorry, you don't qualify. You don't qualify. And that's, uh, that, that's the rub, isn't it? It really is. Well, I'll t- tell you what does qualify in my mind, and that is a good real estate agent. Right now, home prices around here in Modesto going up, inventories low, interest rate hikes. Yeah, that means high price fluctuations. Selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent, that seems to be the right move, according to my mind, to maximize your equity. Do you have a growing family or maybe are you working for a home and you need more space? Well, call the agent I trust and recommend call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value or he'll sell it for free. His home selling program, it's designed to maximize your sales price. I love these terms. You're in complete control. There's no costly repairs required, no long-term contracts, and you pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. In fact, Melody in Oakdale tells us uh, she needed to sell quickly 
but her home needed a bunch of repairs and upgrades to get a decent price, but she didn't have the time nor the money to do that. Well, she called Dan Phipps. Dan said, no problem, we can do it, and he did. Dan got multiple offers, sold it for much higher than Melody could have imagined. So call Dan Phipps. He's the man I recommend. Dan is, and I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S dot com. And the Mike Douglas Show will continue in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been talking about proposals for that huge surplus that we have here in California and uh, the plans that the governor and the legislature have for possibly returning some of that money to us. And what we're seeing is even they can't agree. And I, both uh, Mick, uh, Nick from Modesto and Terry from Escalon had some astute observations. Uh, Nick saying, uh, look, how, how about if we have a deduction? Let me deduct the costs of, uh, of fuel, of gas, off my, uh, off my uh, taxes. And uh, Terry from Escalon bringing up a, a great point. Do businesses benefit from the governor's plan or the legislator's plan? I'm looking at that. I'm, I'm thinking not, although they, they may, but I, I don't see businesses named. And businesses are taking a huge hit right now. So what do you think? Uh, what, what suggestions do you have, would you have for the governor and the legislature here in California for how... They ought to give back uh, some of the money that they've already taken for us uh, in, in fuel taxes. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to the phones very quickly. And Kevin from Modesto. Hi, Kevin. Uh, what are your thoughts? Howdy, Mike. Yes, um, I find it very disheartening that the legislature is not paying any attention to that measure to uh, uh, defray the gas tax temporarily. Uh, so that that's just irresponsible. We need to do that. And also, um, I would stop charging the gas tax. I would also um, take the money that is now in the surplus, and I would use that money to pay for the transportation costs because that's what the gas tax is used for. It's used to pay public transportation systems, trains and buses and things like that. They can use the surplus money that they have to pay for that, stop the gas tax. And I have another idea. We, California, can become its own oil exporter, and meaning that we can start charging other states a, sur- a, a surcharge for the oil they buy from us, and then we can turn that money around and use it to bring down the cost of gas at the pumps for people in California. So we all profit from the oil that we are selling to other states. I like both of those suggestions, Kevin. Uh, absolutely, uh, I love it. Uh, how about do away do away with the tax 
and uh, and allow the the surplus to cover those costs that the taxes are being used for. And then uh, I am all for this, Kevin. Let let's become a, a major exporter of oil. Absolutely. And uh, but let me. Here's the here's the nut to crack on that one. So many uh, special interest groups have a. Uh, a foot in the door, have a dog in the fight in terms of uh, preventing any additional drilling, any additional processing of, of gas and oil. Do you think we could, do you think there's a day when we can overcome those objections? Uh, if we were to somehow make it illegal for uh, lobbyists to lobby members of the legislature. That mm. they, that mem- you're, not allowed to, you're not allowed to lobby members of the Supreme Court. You can't go to the... I, I guess you can protest in front of their house or whatever, but you cannot go to their office and lobby them. We all, I want you to vote this way because of this interest. Or that. Okay, it should also be illegal for lobbyists to lobby members of the legislature. And then that way they just simply focus on their on their constituents. They don't focus on appeasing this group or appeasing that group. It all comes back to campaign financing. It's because of campaign financing that they have to keep raising more and more money. That's why they have to do what the lobbyists tell them to do. Because the lobbyists pay for their campaign. It has to do with radio and television advertising being so expensive that they have to raise millions of dollars to run for office, which means that they have to kowtow to the lobbyists. So that that if you were to get rid of that system, then that would start the impetus for legislators to start representing the people instead of just these lobbyists. Yeah, Kevin, Great observations uh, today, Kevin. Thank you very much. Really appreciate your call. Uh, and I'm I'm with Kevin. I and by the way, when when I asked about overcoming those obstacles, I never am one to say let's not let's not try this because the mountain is too tall. To me, if the mountain is too tall, let's do it. Let's if we have to, let's charge the gates of hell with a squirt gun and let's get the job done. That's my thought. Well, we'll have more thoughts to share with each other coming up after uh, news, weather, and traffic here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Don't go away. We'll be back, and we'll be talking about scammers who scammed the wrong guy. Coming up. With the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Yeah, welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Oh, I stepped on the lady announcer again. I've got to quit doing that. My apologies. Welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, By the way, I, I saw this today and I actually did a double take on it. And we've got some other things to talk about, but... Wedding weed. Are you aware of the the new trend towards wedding weed? Yeah, apparently there was a, a recent uh, exposition, a wedding expo. You know, they have those big uh, expositions that they have on, on weddings. 
and a recent one in Richmond revealed that there's a new trend towards instead of having alcohol at weddings, people have cannabis. Yeah. So Mark Gilds is representing Benbow Historic Inn, which is in Humboldt County. If you had to guess what county he's from, uh, yep, Humboldt County, that sounds about right. He says, where we see the excitement today is the opportunity for a young couple or older couple to actually have a ceremony on a cannabis farm with a cannabis arch. Would... uh, would you have your wedding or the wedding for your children on a cannabis farm? Well, Irie Weddings and Events is a cannabis bar service, and they've seen an uptake in interest from people who want cannabis at their weddings. Apparently, Irie Weddings and Events provides services similar to bartending, but instead of serving alcohol, they serve cannabis. They roll joints and they, oh my, they give out edibles, CBD products, and more. And so a uh, person representing them says the company has done weddings, birthday parties, baby showers, and even celebrations of life. That means funerals, memorial services. Apparently, a cannabis bar service can range from $1,200 to $2,800 but that doesn't include the actual product which customers would go to a retailer to buy. Now, I don't know much about this, as you can probably guess. So apparently, for this company, they will charge you $1,200 to $2,800 at your wedding or memorial service, whatever it might be, birthday party, baby shower. Baby shower, that's where you want to be smoking weed, right? And apparently they charge a $1,200 to $2,800. But apparently the attenders have to go out ahead of time and, and buy the actual cannabis. But they will roll it or whatever they do to it there at the party. And now they're being very, very conscientious here. Apparently part of the service includes an adverse reaction kit. That's right, an adverse reaction kit. What's that, Mike? Well, according to the the people being interviewed, uh, they've had to offer more than once an adverse reaction kit for guests who took a little more cannabis than they could handle. And apparently the toolbox in the kit includes homeopathic selection of three remedies, CBD, vitamin C, and black peppercorns. Now, apparently, there's a company that has been making smokable and decorative bouquets for weddings and other events. So apparently, if you're a bride or a a bridesmaid and you're carrying a bouquet, they can actually make the bouquet out of cannabis and make it smokable. So you could smoke your... Uh, I've done so many weddings over the years. I'm putting on my pastor's hat, and I'm just trying to visualize after the wedding at the reception, the bridesmaids smoking their their bouquets and, and the bride. Uh, anyway, apparently they they uh, there are strains marijuana strains like sherbacio, 
Sherbacchio, not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, but they they were they'll arrange that alongside arrangements of other flowers, such as orange spray roses, palms, protea, carnations, and purple lockspur. Um, I'm I'm uh, this is not a joke, as President Biden might say. Seriously, would would you consider? Now, this is my personal. I've officiated many weddings over the years. I only do them for family and uh, really extended family now for a variety of reasons. Most of that is I have a commitment to properly prepare and completely prepare couples for marriage through a premarital process before I will do their wedding. And some don't like doing that, and I won't do the wedding. But anyway, the time involved is just I, I can't do that anymore. So I do very few weddings anymore, unless it's for a, a extended family, really, or very close friend, or or whether it's uh, immediate family. But anyway, I'm just trying, and I I've been to many. I I would not. We did not have alcohol at our wedding. I I choose not to consume alcohol as a choice. What other people do is up to them. That's just my personal choice. Um, but I I don't think that when our children get to the point where they want to get married, that I would, I would say yes to having cannabis at the reception. W- would you agree to that? If you, if you were getting married, remarried, if you, uh, if your kids are getting married, if you're having a, a funeral <laughs> at the reception, would you serve cannabis at the reception for a funeral? Please let me know. I'm, I'm really interested in this answer. As uh, putting on my pastor hat, I'm, I'm visualizing that what would happen, especially after a funeral, with everybody maybe smoking the floral arrangements that were sent to the funeral. Uh, or at a wedding reception, or at at, at a uh, birthday party, or or uh, what else did they list here? Uh, weddings, birthday parties, uh, I th- baby showers. Would you be smoking weed at a baby shower? It, it would seem to me that maybe that ought not to be the thing that a bride or uh, bride that a, a expectant mother ought to be doing. I don't know. Let me really, I'd be interested in your thought on this. Would you have these services serve cannabis at your wedding, uh, your reception, uh, the funeral reception for a loved one, uh, a baby shower? If you're having a baby or maybe it's your kids, would you seriously and I'm not making fun of you. I'm just asking, would you consider having cannabis at the reception? Why? Why not? Would you not consider it? All right. Our number here, 209-551-3483. I'm going to go very quickly uh, to uh, Debbie and Stanislaus. Debbie, how about you? What What are your thoughts on this? Well, I'd like to share my thought, and anybody else can chime in if they disagree or agree. It's all about money, honey. Mm. That's all anything's about anymore. Do your do your homework, and you prove me wrong. 
Okay. I like it, Debbie. What is your opinion, Mike? I like it. I like it. It's the dollar. Always follow the dollar. Always twelve hundred dollars to twenty eight hundred dollars to have a service come in and prepare people's cannabis for them. Debbie, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think you you hit the nail right on the head. Debbie's got it. I think it's the dollar. Follow the dollar. And I also ask you to follow the Mike Douglas show because we'll be back in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Great thought, Debbie. Good one. Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On the podcast Not Lost, embark on a journey to all the destinations on your bucket list. From Mexico City to Montreal, as strangers become new friends, drinking, dancing, and eating their way through each episode. What comes to mind when we think of Montreal? I definitely think of poutine. Of course. I think of you guys. They're everywhere. Listen to Not Lost on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. Power Talk 1360 KFIV traffic now from the J&J Heating and Air Traffic Center. So far, so good for your Thursday commute in Manteca, though. We have stop and go eastbound 120 Main Street to Highway 99. In Tracy, slow and go eastbound 205 from MacArthur Drive out to I-5. And in Lathrop, some uh, slowing there. Northbound 5, Highway 120 to 8th Street. For the Valley's most frequent traffic reports, tune to 1360 AM KFIV. This report is sponsored by Indeed.com. Finding a great hire can be a challenge. That's why there's Indeed. Their powerful hiring platform makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. All right, with this economy, we don't really know what's going on, do we? But I can tell you one thing that's going on. If you want to sell your house, I know somebody that wants to buy it right now. No hassles, easy solution. Osborne Homes makes the process simple. They'll buy your house as is, no fixing, no cleaning, no strangers, no looky-loos walking through the house. No time wasting going back and forth with people that aren't qualified. OsborneHomes.com can close your home in days or months, or you can sell it on the way home from work. I'm not kidding you. It's that easy. You can sell it with a phone call. 
What's this company that wants to buy your home? Well, Osborne Homes was started in 2007 by Mike Osborne, a Fresno native, born and raised right here in the valley. Went to Fresno State. You don't have to vacuum. You don't have to change the cat litter. 559-460-3551. 559-460-3551. No realtor fees, no escrow fees, any size, any condition, any price. OsborneHomes.com. Tell them Trevor Carey sent you. Want to fix what's wrong with the state government? Send Sergeant Juan Alanis to the State Assembly. Sergeant Alanis has served our community for 27 years in the Stanislaus County Sheriff's Department. He is endorsed by the Deputy Sheriff's Association, the California Correctional Peace Officers Association, and 10 other law enforcement associations. Sergeant Juan Alanis has the experience to fix our broken criminal justice system, the investigative skills to expose the fraud and corruption in state government, and the expertise to stop prison inmates from collecting $1 billion in unemployment as they did in COVID. Fed up with California's high cost of living? Juan Alanis will push for a gas tax holiday that will save commuters billions. He'll protect Prop 13 and keep taxes down. Sergeant Juan Alanis, Republican for Assembly. To protect our freedom and liberties. Law enforcement's choice to fix what's wrong with California. Vote for Sergeant Juan Alanis, Republican for Assembly. Paid for by Juan Alanis for Assembly 2022. California is in its third year of severe drought. Now more than ever, we need to save water. You can help by limiting your outdoor water use and switching to low water plants. For water saving tips, visit SaveOurWater.com. Save water, save California. This report is sponsored by Cal Fire. Visit ReadyForWildfire.org. Wildfire can destroy your community. Harden your home and install fire ignition resistant materials to your roof, vents, windows, deck, fence, and more. Do your part. Be prepared for wildfire. Learn how from Cal Fire at ReadyForWildfire.org. It's hot today. We're going to see a mix of sun and clouds and temperatures topping out in the 90s, the low 90s. It'll stay clear overnight, mid-50s, and another hot day tomorrow, mid-80s expected. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And let's get the conversation going as well here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you for being part of the conversation today. And boy, we've covered some territory, haven't we? (laughs) Talking recently about uh, this new, uh, apparently this uh, new trend towards having cannabis at, at weddings. And uh, I, I think Debbie had a great observation. Follow the dollar, Mike. Follow the dollar. And you're right. 1200 to $2,800 apparently can get you a cannabis bar service at your reception. And I'm just thinking, and they say they do weddings, birthday parties, baby showers, and even celebrations of life, meaning funerals. Or uh, memorial services. I'm just trying to. I do a lot of of memorial services and funerals. I, I do, and and the majority of them are either families that I've I've worked with before, or uh, they're people who don't have a pastor or don't have a, a specific congregation they're associated with. So I I do a lot, and I'm just trying to think. Uh, having done the service, and I I know what kind of condition people are in at a at a service, and I try to make every uh, service very uplifting. I make it a celebration of life. I I don't 
I don't do the dearly beloved, we're gathered here together to get depressed thing. I, I make it a celebration of the person's life, and I make it very personal. But anyway, associated uh, with that, I'm trying to think what it would be like for them to transition from leaving a service that I do to go then to a reception where cannabis the Mike Douglas show is being served. Oh. Three till five on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. There's the lady in the computer again. She's getting back at me because I stepped on her, I think, earlier today. I'm sorry, lady in the computer, lady announcer. Uh, my, my apologies. I will not step on you again. All right. So uh, anyway, con- continuing the conversation uh, re- regarding the great cannabis question. Uh, let's find out what Kathleen in Oakdale has to think about it. Hi, Kathleen. Thanks for your call. Uh-oh. Now. From the J&J Heating and Hang on, Kathleen. Center. So far, so good okay. for your Thursday the, the gremlins are, are at it here for some reason. To Highway 99. Ian Tracy, slow and go. Eastbound 205 from MacArthur Drive out to I-5. A pastor with passion. A minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. All right. Well, we're back. I, I think the uh, the master computer there has been attending some of those receptions where cannabis was served. Uh, but that's fine. We'll, uh, we waited uh, for that, and we appreciate all those sponsors and such. But let's get... <laughs> Let's get back to the phones here. The phones are, are not on cannabis. I can guarantee you that. Ka- Kathleen from Oakdale, thanks for being so patient. Thanks for hanging on. What are your thoughts regarding the cannabis question? I think no way would I serve uh, cannabis at my reception and uh, any reception, especially not a baby shower. But I um, uh, And the reason why is because I believe that uh, cannabis usage any at any time is just exploiting the human pleasure pain centers and that the human pleasure pain centers are the one in the same center it's one in the same part of the brain it's one in the same neuron that that um let's see uh, receives impulses from the brain and sends and sends uh impulses to the brain so um it and so when i um want to use uh, my pleasure pain centers. I don't exploit them. I just, you know, go outside like I did today and I pull weeds. And um, so I pulled weeds. It was my pleasure to pull weeds. And then I ended up having to come back inside uh, or what I did come back inside, I uh, was overheated and so I had to lay down on the cement floor. We have cement floor in our home and um, it was nice and cool and uh, I even dislocated my hip out there so I had to straighten my hip back out by laying on the floor and I did it all straight but my my pleasure pain centers were in very very high usage it's a very very good way to pull weeds not serve weeds (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kathleen you you get the prize for the day for the best one-liner, I think. And we've had a lot of good calls to that. That was priceless. Uh, let, <laughs> let me ask you, uh, you. something. Uh, you know, you mentioned going out and pulling weeds. One of the things, and I have, I, I wear a lot of hats, and, and I, I've, I don't have a lot of downtime, almost none. But one of the things that I find very therapeutic is to climb on my John Deere rider mower and go out and attack the titanium weeds. 
And just to be out there on the mower, out in the sunshine, the wind against my face, and just, you know, being out there for two or three hours if, if necessary, I find that therapeutic. Do you, do you find that, you know, gardening and, and such to be therapeutic for you too? Absolutely. I, I dread going out there to pull the weeds. Uh, this was, I have a very small yard, a very, but it, it can, I mean, this is already my third uh, garbage bin full of uh, weeds this year. And every year is, it's the same way in the spring. And um, that was after I hauled a bunch of weeds, uh, you know, debris, garden debris in the fall. And then the winter I had some, so it's just an ongoing process out in that yard. And, um, um, but I, I dread going out there, but when I'm out there, I totally enjoy it the way you describe it being enjoyable. Just to feel the sun and the air on your skin, it, it's just marvelous. Absolutely. Uh, Kathleen, thanks for the call. <laughs> Appreciate that very much. And uh, great, great one-liner, Kathleen. <laughs> that, was, that, was, uh, that was great. Uh, so thank you, uh, our listeners. Again, I told you at the beginning of the show, you, you are priceless. You, you really are. I think we have the best listening audience that there is in radio. By the way, regarding the contest uh, for the Stockton Heat tickets, the question was, before the Stockton Heat became the Stockton Heat, they were known by this thunderous team name. Well, that, that was a gimme there, wasn't it? Well, Doug, congratulations. Doug won the tickets to the Stockton Heat. And by the way, you can hear the game, the playoff games, on our sister station on Fox Sports AM 1280. Again, that's coming up this coming Monday, the 23rd, uh, pregame at 6 p.m. on AM 1280 with the puck dropping at 6.30. And uh, we all, we all want to be winners here on the Mike Douglas Show. And so Bernard and John had also called to answer the question. And uh, with their answers, uh, we had consolation prizes for them. Producer Mike uh, was in a very generous um, mood today, and uh, he blessed them with tickets to the Stockton Ports as a consolation prize. So we're all, we're all winners. We, all, we just love you as our listening audience, and it's, it's something that we can do for you from time to time. It's wonderful to do that. Thinking about the uh, Stockton Ports, I, I got to do a first pitch out there many years ago. Actually, it was kind of a back-to-back thing, and I don't remember what it was for. I think I was emceeing some sort of big community event. I don't remember exactly what it was, but as I recall, it was uh, a patriotic event, if I remember. It wasn't 4th of July, but anyway, uh, so uh, it, as part of uh, the promotion for it, I got to throw the, the first pitch out at the Modesto Nuts game, and then a couple of days later was able to do that at the Stockton Ports as well. Now, at the Modesto Nuts game, I think I actually surprised the pitcher because I threw a pretty hard strike right down the pipe. I mean, it, and, and when he caught it, I, he his eyes kind of popped like boy didn't didn't expect you to throw something with a little bit of heat on it down the pipe and i was pretty uh, pretty proud of myself i totally blew the first pitch though to the stockton ports it was it was a bad first pitch but it was it was fun doing it i love minor league baseball really do i i just you know those those guys are are 
they're working hard and and uh, they they give up a lot. They sacrifice a lot to do what they do. They really love the game. Uh, really, uh, really enjoy that. Uh, let's see. I also wanted to comment, <laughs> and we're not going to get. I will get to it this week, hopefully. If not, maybe Monday. Uh, scamming the the wrong guy. I'm not sure we can get to that today. But uh, just a thought. Going back to the cannabis bar uh, at receptions for <laughs> baby showers and weddings and uh, even funerals, that sort of thing, memorial services. I was at a, a reception uh, with my wife two two or three weekends ago down in Southern California. It was for uh, a a uh, let's see what it was an eighth grade reunion for a school that uh, she went to a private school that she went to in Pasadena an eighth grade reunion I won't say how many years it was because uh, I I always honor my wife but anyway uh, the point being that they had a it wasn't a taco truck but it was a, a taco guy that came and he and he set up on a, a reception it was an outdoor thing. And he set his little taco thing up on, on uh, a couple of tables, and uh, I, it was good. I, and actually, I've done a wedding where they, uh, and it was uh, outdoor wedding on on a ranch uh, for a couple that managed a ranch as well. So it was it was a wedding, but somewhat informal. And they had a, a taco preparer type thing. So the the tacos I can see. A taco bar, I like that. But now you see, now it's got me thinking. Next next time at a reception, and if if it's a buffet type thing, or even if it's served, I'm going to be inspecting the green stuff very carefully. And especially if there are brownies, I'm I'm maybe gonna take a second look at that. I need a in that case, I guess you need a like a, a cup bearer. Right, like in the in the Old Testament, a cup bearer to the king, a Nehemiah, uh, someone who would taste it first and verify whether or not there was cannabis uh, in it. I, I would hope that people would have the integrity if they're at a reception and they're having a cannabis bar that they'd be open about that. But uh, um, you never know. Uh, <laughs> in addition to uh, some of the other headlines I was looking at uh, today. Uh, this is uh, very interesting. Do you telecommute, any of you? And I know if we, we've had many ranchers and farmers call and kind of hard to telecommute when you're in the agricultural industry. But for those of you who may be in uh, office-type situations, are, are you telecommuting? Do you, do you work part-time from home or even full-time at home? I'd be interested to know how that's working out for you. Our number here, 209-551-3483. Do you prefer to work from home or to telecommute, so to speak? Or would you prefer being in the office or maybe a hybrid approach? Well, here's an interesting poll by the Gallup folks on what I call telecommuting. That's an old term now. They call it remote-capable jobs. Remote-capable jobs. It's very interesting. Before the pandemic hit in uh, in 2019, I'm getting a uh, a text here from uh, our director of operations at Advancing Vibrant Communities, who knows that I telecommute about 99.99 percent of the time, uh, and so I'll try to maintain um, 
without cracking up over that text. But anyway, pre-pandemic 2019, Gallup folks say that uh, people who exclusively worked from home in remote-capable jobs was about 8% of, uh, of the workforce. In February of 2022, now that's basically coming out of the pandemic, almost 40% of people they surveyed were working uh, from home. Now, they're anticipating that for 2022 and beyond, about a quarter of people in the workforce will be working in remote-capable jobs, or what I might call telecommuting. Now, my wife, for example, does telemedicine. So most of the clients that she deals with as she's doing assessments for them, that's done in what we call telemedicine. It's done uh, either uh, on video uh, or by phone. And 32% of the people, about a third there, say that they prefer uh, to, to work from home. But there are some other uh, interesting facts here, and, uh, and that is that a, a lot of people now are looking very heavily at work opportunities, and they are assessing whether or not they want to take that job depending on whether or not they can work from home. Four in ten employees want to be in the office two to three days a week. Another three in ten employees would prefer spending maybe one or two days in the office each week. On the upside, they say most employees agree that a moderate amount of time in the office is important. And Gallup says that research has shown that consistently shown that work flexibility tends to be optimal for engaging employees and reducing burnout. So that's very interesting. So do people, why do people prefer to work from home? Why? Or what is their ideal work location? Well, they asked those questions and uh, people were saying that, well, we, we prefer to work from home, one, to avoid the commute. I can understand that. Two, it's better for my well-being overall. That's an interesting answer. And three, I want flexibility to balance family needs or other obligations. And uh, then the the other option is uh, to work in person with coworkers. Some people like that. And uh, if, if they are at work, they may feel in a hybrid situation, spending some time at work, spending some time at home. They feel more productive and connected to the organization if uh, they at least spend a little time. But uh, anyway, the number one reason that employees love to work from home is to avoid the commute time. What do you think? Uh, so four in 10 employees say they want full autonomy to come and go as they wish. And six in 10 want more structure. So that's interesting. Four in 10 say, nope, we want to make our decision on whether we work or not from home. As an employer, I don't know about that, but I'm, I'm always open to those workarounds. Uh, at, at Advancing Vibrant Communities, I, I like to provide our staff with the option of working from home. There, there are some things that need to be done in the office, but other things that certainly can be done by telecommuting. I mean, we have the technology to pick up voicemails at home. We have the technology to, to look at what's coming in over the websites. We, uh, we have email and, and such. So I don't, uh, I don't mind that. But when, when employers are saying, 
rather when employees are saying, I want to make the decision and I want full autonomy on that. I don't know. How about you? If you're an employer, how does that strike you? If you're interviewing an employee uh, for a position and they tell you, I, I want to work from home. I want full autonomy and having decisions to work at home. How do you feel about that? Would you, would you hire them? I, I don't know if, if they come off with the uh, full autonomy thing. I, would, uh, I am open to, to saying, look, I'm, I work almost uh, full-time from home. A lot of reasons for that. And uh, the, our remote studio here is not in, uh, it, it's in a clandestine location. And so it is not at my normal place of work either. And so uh, to me, I love having that flexibility, but it's something that I work out with the people that I work for, something that I work out with the board of Advancing Vibrant Communities. It's something that I work out with iHeartMedia. And, uh, and so they are very gracious in allowing me to do broadcasts from our clandestine uh, studio nestled here in uh, the county of, uh, of Stanislaus. And by the way, there, uh, it is a cannabis-free zone. I just want to make that clear as we're coming off these discussions about uh, the use of cannabis at, uh, at all of these different kind of receptions. I, I'm still trying to picture it in my mind. A cannabis bar following a memorial service or funeral. I just, having, I just can't visualize that. I mean, I know people are in pain, but that's not the way to deal with it. And but and at a baby shower, it seems to me that's starting things off on the wrong foot, don't you think? To have a cannabis bar at a baby shower, especially the dangers that they may that they may, that they may pose for uh, the mother. I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on this. Debbie says follow the dollar, Mike, and I think she's right. Well, we'll come back. We'll come back tomorrow on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV at 3 o'clock. See you then.